Hello, I'm Rebecca. And I'm Elena. And we are two therapists with a lot of opinions. Welcome to Just Another Therapy Podcast, where we'll be discussing various topics through the lens of mental health and therapy, just like every other therapist on social media right now. No, but we're different. (laughs) Join us this season as we talk all about social media, the good, the bad, and the absolutely ridiculous. This podcast was created for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not a replacement for mental health treatment. If you are in need of support, check out our show notes for links to resources. In today's episode, we'll be talking about the multi-level marketing industry, more commonly referred to as MLMs, network marketing, or social selling. If you're on social media, you've probably witnessed plenty of people selling the MLM dream. And maybe one of those boss babes has even found their way to your inbox. Does this sound familiar? Hey, babe, you would be perfect for this opportunity I've been working on. And I am looking to find other ladies who want to make money from home and escape the nine to five world. You are gorgeous and should totally come to one of my parties to learn more. Heart emoji. In the last few years, the popularity of Instagram influencers turned MLM business owners has intensified the already exploitative practices of these quasi-pyramid schemes. MLMs promise financial freedom, time freedom, an extravagant lifestyles, close-knit community, and so much more. MLMs claim that if you join them, then you'll feel better, look better, be better. Today's episode is part two, so if you missed part one, we suggest going back to listen to that first. In part two, we share personal stories, reflect on the impact MLMs have on mental health, and more. Yes, part two. Here we are. Oh my gosh, I'm so ready for this. (laughs) Yes, so as I said, uh, part one is important because we talk more specifically about the educational and informational pieces related to MLM. So we referenced the FTC, the Mm -hmm. bite model. Um, So we felt it was really important to bring in um, a lot of education about it too. So part two is a little bit different. We're getting kind of more into the like nitty gritty and really what we're seeing on social media and also sharing personal stories as we said. So, all right, girl, where are you going to (laughs) start? Listen, there's so much to really unpack. Um, Let's start with, like, what is, why are we interested in MLMs? Mm. Let's get personal. (laughs) Oh, I like this question a lot. (laughs) You go first. So, to be honest, I (laughs) am just an interested bitch. Like, I (laughs) am interested in a lot of things. Like, I, I definitely would consider myself a curious person. And I'm just so fascinated by, like, how humans work, how humans are. Um, on an individual level, on a societal level. And so MLMs like encompass so much about human behavior, human psychology, um, and really beyond just my like initial interest in like how MLMs function. Um, I really believe that overall they're very harmful to people. Um, So I don't think that MLMs should exist. And so there's also this advocacy piece for me where like people deserve to know about them. And of course people have free will and they can choose to you know, join an MLM if they wish, but I don't think people often join, um, with all the information that they need. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there, you know, is a lot of manipulation and issues even with people joining to begin with. So, 
I want to spread awareness and, and I want to, um, educate people Mm -hmm. if possible, because I, I don't think it's your fault if you don't know these things, if you don't know about it. I mean, I really wasn't aware of a lot of this until several years ago. I mean, growing up, you hear about Tupperware, or Mary Kay or Avon, kind of like the old school MLMs. But like, as we'll explore today, like MLMs have changed a lot in the age yeah. of social media and on Instagram. Um, and so that's really what we're going to emphasize today. So I would say that's kind of my standpoint. What about for you? I love that. I love an interested bitch. Uh, yes, I think that's thanks. amazing. <laughs> there's, there's a whole facet of my interest in this that is that. Like I'm just behavior. Obviously, we're therapists. Like behavior has to be interesting to us. It's what we do. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say there's like multiple reasons why I'm interested in this and why I have this passion Uh, And my experience working in, like, domestic violence, working with unhealthy relationships, I find that a lot of, like, my clients, a lot of people who I know who have been in abusive relationships also fall victim to MLMs at some point. And so I think it's important, like, as a therapist, I'm very informed in that work and, like, dismantling and educating and informing on that. But I also have a personal connection to Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> gonna, I feel like I know you want to talk about it and like I know you're going to, but like I mean, I do want to acknowledge that like it is very like personal and yes. like close to your life mm-hmm. and what you've experienced. It's so. just odd. I think like we're doing this podcast and as a therapist, like you're it's kind of ingrained into your mind, like don't share personal information mm-hmm. and like you know, very intentional outside of um in inside of the therapy room, like how I share information about me. So I guess it's just like odd to be like, well, let me tell you all about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I do have a personal like um experience with MLM so I grew up with one of my parents who was in an MLM so my dad was in Amway listen the OG Amway is crazy listen the OG craziest MLM the the one who started it all I think they were the first real structured multi-level marketing and my dad was right up in there um just for context like um I grew up in an, an abusive home And so my dad was very manipulative and controlling. um, And so he kind of fell victim to that whole world. And so it was like almost like a double victimization. And growing up, I remember like being very financially insecure because of his decisions. He would spend a lot of money investing in crap. Like we would have like boxes and boxes of there was like um, there was a whole phase of jewelry. It was like fake, really like just cheapy jewelry. Um, There was a whole phase of our lives where it was like, um, the like, how do you explain it? Um, like on your sink, you know how you can like attach a piece to make the water clean, like a filter. Oh yeah. Yeah. There was like, we had boxes of those that he couldn't uh. sell. He would do presentations and he would like spend all night, like up late, late at night, trying to prep for these presentations, having people over and like every relationship was like, how do I make money off of this person? How do I get something out of them? Mm-hmm. And like growing up mm-hmm. in that mindset, like, I saw how harmful it really was to our finances. Like we struggled um, and the relationships like that were very superficial. Like we, he would bring us to these Amway conventions. And I just have memories of like running around these conference rooms with all of these other like men who I don't know why. Like there was a lot of men who were just like, oh, like, oh, oh you know, we're going to really make it like we're doing all this. Stuff. And I'm like. And I just remember rolling my eyes at like seven years old and being like, these men are doing nothing. Delusional. I mean, like, at least seven year old me is like, 
just I'll do it and I'll do it better. <laughs> like <laughs> now I'm a business owner and I'm like, mm, yeah, OK. I kind of did, though. <laughs> so it was just really hard, though, growing up in that. And um, I didn't know what it was. I just knew it was it was fucked up. Like and as I got older, I started to get like a name for it. And, you know, I've had other family members who have joined other MLMs like Avon and um, uh, Monade and like all these other types of companies. Um, and I've just seen it. Like, I, I think also, too, like con- like having Lat- Latina family, like I feel like marginalized populations really get exposed to this stuff as well. Mm-hmm, they do. And the funny thing is, like, I also I didn't even think about this and it's not in any of my notes, but I'm just going to go with it. I, I was thinking about Instagram and it's always white women who are on these Instagram pages like yeah of course who have all of this huge massive followings and I can think about it in my now that I'm thinking about it in like a personal way I'm like oh I know a lot of like Latina women who have been in this work and like they're struggling and there's no voice like I don't see a lot of that I don't see a lot of that in my world like on social media um so I feel like that's a whole nother layer of it. It's like it's destroying these marginalized populations who are trying to like live the American dream and exploiting that too. And it definitely, you know, impacted my family. Um, so that is a big reason why I'm so interested in it. And I do these like deep dives and I'm like fascinated. And I'm like, oh, yes, like just trying to understand <laughs> a little mm-hmm. bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, MLMs are pretty insidious Mm -hmm. from my view and you know you're describing how um your dad was really sucked into it that's Mm -hmm. how it sounds um based on what you're saying and like you know I I see a lot online where people describe that you know people who got out where it's like they just were so lost in that world Mm -hmm. and you know people are really told like the only way you'll fail is if you quit yep and so people really feel like okay, well, I got to keep making this work. And if I work and work and work, like eventually I'll get there. And so, um, you know, from your perspective, it's like you were the daughter in this family. And, you know, mm-hmm. even as a kid, like you, you say, it's like, well, I didn't maybe exactly know what it was, but like I knew it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You could see the manipulation and you could see the desperation and like just knowing how much money was going into it. You know, like knowing that we struggled to pay bills sometimes Mm, mm -hmm. and there was like crappy jewelry like piled up in like food, like food, too. And like home items like family is weird because they sell basically every kind of item. Mm -hmm. They're like a catch all one. It's really strange and expanded and expanded expanded what they like sell. And um, it's all crap. Yeah. One thing I'll say is like garbage stuff. I fully believe it. Um. Um, I remember my mom told me a story where she was like so pissed at my dad because he was just spending all of this money and he came home with like a necklace and she was like, get that away from me. Like, I don't want that shit. <laughs> like, like, yes. so, like, I remember, like, she was telling me that story. I was like, yes, queen, go like, <laughs> please. So, um, for me, it's like, you know, as a therapist, I want to help people like c- overcome the control any, f- in any area of their life. And then in per- my personal life, like. I just want the best for the people I love and I don't want them to get sucked into this stuff and like end up struggling in the end. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, that's kind of where we come from, you know, personally and Mm -hmm. uh, part of why we're talking about this and why we do have so much to say about it. And 
you know, we're going to give some examples and talk about more specifics that we see on social media. And actually the first one I really want to start with is, um, team calls. As we mentioned in episode one, they're all over YouTube. There's a lot of anti-MLMers who react to team calls. So basically a team call is when like, some leader and then in the MLM will host like a zoom call. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a lot of people in their downline will basically hop on the call. And sometimes the team calls have themes where they'll talk specifically about recruiting. Sometimes they're more like Q and a, um, sometimes top leaders will get kind of pulled in to talk to like other teams. And so there's a lot of different ways that they do it, but basically how in a lot of these team calls, <laughs> they, encourage the people in their downline to exploit their traumas and to exploit the traumas of other people um, so that they can recruit more distributors. So let's talk about some examples of that. Um, I see this a lot when it comes to health issues. Uh, So there are MLMs that sell like health and wellness products or supplements or um, like some of the uh, essential oil MLMs get into this too, where it's like, I was depressed and like I had IBS and I was really struggling with my gut health. But like since using Shakeology, which is a beach body product, <laughs> like my IBS has just cleared, like I'm so much better. And so it's like they actively capitalize on people's health and wellness struggles and to, s- yeah, to sell the product and to get them to join. And this is directly promoted in team calls I have literally watched team calls where the presenter is saying get into those Facebook groups for IBS or chronic illness or Mm -hmm. whatever else like get in those groups and connect with those people there like it is literally a marketing ploy to connect with other people and so I know I specifically said trauma when I first started talking about Mm -hmm. this and also that I mean I'm not I want like sorry to like completely cut off but I I think I know like the direction it's going (laughs) and I want to kind of give like a content warning, a trigger warning, kind of a safety warning that we may talk about um, some really difficult topics. I'm, you know, just in my mind, we're probably going to talk about like pregnancy loss, miscarriage. We may talk about um, children, family. Um, We may talk about abuse. We may talk about health conditions, cancer related stuff. Um, so just like a content and trigger warning, if any of those things be, are things that you don't, aren't comfortable hearing about, please turn this podcast off. We do not need you listening to subject yourself to more trauma. It's okay. We will love you. Yeah. Anyway. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these are, these are definitely some heavier topics related mm-hmm. to this, uh, this aspect of what um, MLM distributors mm-hmm. do. So yeah, I'm glad you interrupted yeah, me. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I was like, girl, what? But I then know. You started like, talking what? and I was like, oh, wait, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so again, like having a health condition is not like necessarily traumatic, but as Rebecca was saying, like I also see this a lot around like um, pregnancy loss mm-hmm. um, and, you know, trying to conceive. Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff can very much be traumatic for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, selling like, well, you'll find community, you know, um, I have literally seen women 
use their own tried and conceive or pregnancy loss journey to connect with other women Mm -hmm. to get them into the MLM to, Mm -hmm. yeah, to either recruit them or get them to buy. Sometimes it's like more indirectly related. Sometimes it's not like, oh, buy this product and you'll be able to conceive better. Sometimes it's even more insidious where it's like, they're using their journey to connect with people emotionally Mm -hmm. to connect with other often women who have been through something similar right and that is harmful um so whether it's like traumatic or just somebody's like you know thing that they've got going on or their lived experience um that is exploited and it's encouraged that as a distributor you share your story you share your trauma you Mm -hmm. share your stuff so that either you can directly sell to people um with that similar lived experience or so you can connect in order to like recruit them because they trust you and because Mm -hmm. they like feel a sense of community with you yeah and i think it's important to note like sharing your story or um you know being vulnerable and kind of reaching out to people, there's, you know, a lot of power to that. It can be very empowering. But I think, like, what I hear you saying, Elena, and, like, the, the context that I draw around this is, like, consent. Like, if you're being manipulated to share your story or you're being kind of pressured, like, we talked about the bite model last episode, like, black and white thinking. Like, you either do it or you, you're out or you're, like, you're not going to work this business. You're not going to do well. Um, that's coercive and that, you know, we can't really consent under those conditions. So sharing in that context can be traumatic in itself and you can have a lot of, um, mental struggles because you have to share that story with maybe thousands of other people when you maybe weren't ready or, you know, maybe you didn't want to kind of go into certain areas. Um, Mm -hmm. and so like that, that is why this is so important to us. Like this is, this is what we want to prevent. Like if someone's, you know, hearing this and is like, Oh my gosh, like, yes, that's me. Like, I didn't want to do that. Um, that you're heard and you're seen and it's valid. Um, but like, there's so many of these YouTube videos where it's like, they're just like, Oh, like, you know, I, I remember there was one that was like a controversy a while back and I'm not going to use names. Cause I just don't think that people, like, I just don't feel the value in that. Um, but there was a creator who was posting about her, I think it was a family member and a pet who was dying. Do you remember that? The dog? Yes. I think it was. It was like yeah. a family member who was sick and then a pet who died. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. they were like posting every single day and they were like, well, I'm just so gl- grateful for the, um, for the MLM because I can be home with my pet before they died or like, but they were like working mm-hmm. during like this really traumatic event. And I was like, the fact that they're being pressured and I'm just drawing a, a conclusion based on the videos I've seen, but like having to post about these things as they're happening to get people to reach out to you, well, my condolences. And then those condolence messages turn into like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like also, do you want to join my MLM? Yeah. Or do you want to join my accountability group? Or yes. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I know the person you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that is another manifestation of this. Absolutely. I see that often where something happens to the MLM or there's an accident or there's somebody sick or, you know, it doesn't even have to be traumatic necessarily of just like, oh, well, life happened, but I'm so grateful that I can work from anywhere. And I'm so grateful that I don't have to worry about asking for PTO to be Mm -hmm. able to handle this. And it's like, 
deal with your shit. Like yeah. deal with the thing Take that happened off. in your life. Like mm-hmm. the fact that you feel like you have to use that as a way to make people interested in the MLM, I think is really fucked up. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And like, you know, you're, you're also posting about it. Like, Oh, I can work from anywhere. Like even, you know, on vacation, like, like take a vacation. Why do you want to work on vacation? Oh, you just take a vacation. That sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Like <laughs> take some time off. Like you don't always need to post about yeah, like the work that you're doing. And like, that's not vacation anymore. Like, you're not like, yeah, you don't have to take PTO, but you're always working. You're always, mm-hmm. there's always an angle. How can I make this palatable? How can I make this something that other people will connect to? And like, quite frankly, that's exhausting. And it's hard to maintain that all the time. And it's, and, and then also like, we're not even adding the fact that you're not making money. So like, maybe if you're making billions of dollars, like, <laughs> okay, like, yeah, sure. You know what? Work while you're on every vacation. I totally get that. If every post you're making is like bringing you money and you're making all this, but like most people in MLMs don't make anything. And most people in MLMs, in fact, lose money. Mm-hmm. What's the cost of this? Right. You know? Yeah. I feel like people are really encouraged to sacrifice themselves. Mm-hmm. Like truly like their identity, their humanity, like their well-being in service of this MLM. And so uplines, people who have like recruited other people, people who especially are higher up or like very much at the top, the ones, the few people that are making like thousands or millions, like they are going to perpetuate, you know, mm-hmm these tactics and uh, these ways of thinking because they want the people in their downline to continue to serve Mm -hmm. them and that really comes back to I think my biggest issue with you know this first point that we're talking about which is like the minute that you are trying to gain something from somebody by building this relationship it is no longer genuine and authentic Mm-hmm. because you are not connecting with people over this shared struggle or this trauma or whatever because you actually care because would you be doing this is this how you would be engaging in social media if you didn't have this dream or this product to sell yeah. if you didn't need people in your downline so that you could rank up and so you could help your upline then rank up right so it's like it's automatically inauthentic to mm-hmm. me yeah and I think like too I, th- I kind of makes me think of like our ethics as therapists and like the the ethics just morals and ethics in general and you know that's why like we talk about like disclosure like I was saying earlier like we're told not to really share too much about ourselves um because like if you don't do that if you if you share too much about yourself in a way that is like selfish and one like centering yourself yeah like centering yourself in the conversation it can be super manipulative like for example, I had a family emergency like a couple weeks ago and I had to cancel a bunch of sessions. And when I came back, a lot of my clients were like, are you OK? What happened? And like, you know, I could see their care and compassion for me, you know, like they they really worried and cared. And I easily could have been like, oh, what was me like this happened and, and like manipulated that empathy. And like there's a there's a line that's there that's like, OK, like I see that they are worried and concerned and care but I'm not going to take advantage of that. Right. Right. One, because it's like fucked up, but also like, you know, <laughs> I like, mean, yeah, yeah, literally. Like, but like, that's what that is the essence of what we're talking about with social media is like, 
they will go through these tr- like devastating and it's like horrible horrific things in their life and immediately it's like how can i how can i weaponize? sell this yes yeah weaponize this and sell this and like connect to somebody's empathy in a way that's like well feel bad for me and like join me in, in joining my shakeology like <laughs> crash course like, what <laughs> huh yeah like are you what well, yeah and I also like I was actually just talking about this on my Instagram the other day like I think there's a difference a very clear difference between like shared humanity and like mm-hmm. building genuine rapport with somebody and like using that shared humanity like as a tool like mm-hmm. as a tactic um and so yeah definitely as therapists like we have certain boundaries and structures that are really important but I also think like sharing our humanity with our clients is so important but I I love the example that you gave because I feel like it really illustrated that like there's a way to connect with people in different scenarios you know whether you're a client you know we're therapists so we're thinking about it in that context Mm -hmm. or you know you're on social media or whatever job or role you occupy Um, I think it's just what we're saying is it's really about intention. Like, Mm -hmm. why are you sharing what you're sharing? Like, what do you, are you hoping to get something out of it? Um, Are you kind of filling your own need and you're not aware of that? And again, that's why as therapists, like, I think we just need to be really aware of ourselves and intentional. So when it does come to these kinds of things, like Mm -hmm. we're not, you know, maybe inadvertently doing harm. And so, yeah, I think that's a good example and like tie into, Mm -hmm. I guess, like, you know, it's not directly about MLMs, but it's kind of to illustrate, I think, what Just we're talking like being about. being a good person. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, even, like, like my graduate school program didn't have to teach me that I shouldn't do that. You yeah. know, like, you know that, like, doing that is not okay and, like, is icky and gross. And then, I, you know, another thing that I was kind of thinking about is, like, what if nothing's happening? Like, what if things are just chill? And that brings me to the... Do you have to make shit up? Right. Do you have to make up a trauma to, like, connect with people? Or, like, exacerbating. Or, like, what do you post? Like, they're saying post every single day. I don't know what I could possibly fucking say every single day about leggings. Like, about one thing, you know? And so there's, like, this effort or, like, push also by these uplines to say, make it up. Like, post a picture of you by the pool and say, you know, that you're living financially free, but, like, you take that picture and then you run back inside to be tethered to your computer so that you can, like, you know, continue to reach out to people and DM Mm -hmm. them constantly. Um, So it leads to this, like, toxic space of, of, like... FOMO they create mm -hmm. if you're missing out. Yeah, and since we are talking about social media um this season um yeah that just just you saying that really makes me think about you know the things that I see and that it's so easy to curate anything you want to curate on social media like and that's why watching these team calls and like you know getting kind of this underneath look is so interesting and so important because it is so different. Like the things they say when it's just them. And they don't know these calls are being like going to show up on YouTube. No, they don't. They try not. They they don't want them to be, you know, Mm -hmm. exposed. And so, yeah, I mean, they, I, I see people all the time saying like, 
the MLM has changed their life and they have this financial freedom and they can be with their family every day. Like I think moms are really targeted in this way too. Mm -hmm. like be at home with your babies and like still help the family by making an income and like, you know, sharing personal stories is, is so often how they do that. And they'll share their story over and over and over and over, you know, um, in case somebody missed it or if they have new followers or whatever. Um, and you know, I really want to make sure we get to this aspect too. Um, how they handled, how MLMers have handled the pandemic and how, and how some of their tactics have really changed and kind of adapted to real people in, um, since COVID started. Yeah. I think that's like when like the MLM, the toxic MLM thing really started to like intensify for me. And I started to dive in again. Um, cause I had always, always known that I wasn't a fan of them, but then when the pandemic hit and I was seeing so many people posting about how, even though they're in a pandemic, they still kept their job. Cause like people were losing their jobs. Oh yeah. You know, and furloughed and just, all, yeah. Companies were shutting down. Like really, you know, if we remember that time, it was such a scary, vulnerable time for so, so many much people. uncertainty and then you have these like women popping up people popping up and they're saying like yeah you may have lost your job but like my mlm is thriving and that the fucked up thing the is, work like, from home thing was a big part of that but like it's also fucked up like they were like mm. these mlms like made more money they boomed in than 2020 ever before yeah they did and so like that to me like really made me sick inside i was like wow like they're exploiting this really scary, vulnerable time. And like as a therapist, like starting, we talked about this in the intro episode, but like I started becoming a therapist. I started my work in the midst of this pandemic. So I was like seeing this just devastation sweep across so many people. And that was really hard to to navigate. Um, so then seeing these like people post on Instagram and and social media and say like, well, I haven't had, I haven't lost my job because I'm a business owner. First of all, you're not, you're not a business owner. You're a contracted employee, which is like no shame. I'm a contracted employee. Like to some, like I have a contract with a couple of companies. So like, I'm not like shaming that. But don't lie about it. But don't lie and say (laughs) like that, that this is your business. I don't consider my contracts, my business. Right. Um, just like be authentic to that. So like they're saying and painting all these things and like, the you know when someone's in that vulnerable state they just lost their job they don't know how they're going to feed their kids they don't know if they're going to keep their home like anything is a possibility at that point anything um and so this becomes like a really beautiful possibility and people want it people jump for it and um we saw so many people joining and they're not succeeding like they're 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 not making money off of this the you know who's making the money it's the company the actual company who's contracting these people they're not employees either so it's like you're not an employee of this company you don't get benefits you don't get benefits you're literally just like a vessel of profit for these billion like billion with a b dollar companies you know like monet um LuLaRoe, if you've seen the Lula Rich documentary. Oh, yeah, of course I did. They, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, girl. Not even a question. They've made billions of dollars and people have moldy leggings in their garage. Like, so, like, you know, the, just being used like that, it's awful. And it, it comes down to these micro influencers or even these macro influencers who are saying, these things and the you know the worst part of it is like the the big corporation they don't have to take any accountability 
you know not they get much. to walk away with the this money even yeah. if they do like lula rich like really had such a like bad paint on the company they still walked away with all that money yeah you know once that yeah. money is given to them you're not getting it back no and the other part of this like you know the seeing the tactics really shift in response to you know the pandemic and mm-hmm. uh yeah you can work from home you know I work from home I don't have to worry about it or like my job is fine you know all the things that you were saying um the other one that really drove me nuts was the stimulus check thing oh my gosh. and I saw and guys anytime I say this I'm being so dead honest I follow these people mm-hmm. I go to their pages I watch their shit I literally see it all right she'll so send like, them to me all day long I day. look <laughs> I am not talking out of my ass okay like I have eyes I have ears I promise you I'm intelligent okay like I I see this all right so that's what I say when uh, that's what I mean like when I say that so I saw so many people say take your stimulus check and invest it Mm -hmm. like don't just have the twelve hundred dollars like if you join then it'll uh, multiply tenfold over time so there was this idea about like investing your stimulus check into something more so that you wouldn't just have the twelve hundred like you would end up with like thousands because you joined the MLM or whatever and it's like and these people literally were talking as if you would be fucking stupid Mm -hmm. for not doing that it was honestly so insulting and so I don't even know the word like people are struggling people are panicking people like you said don't know if they're gonna have their home they maybe don't know if they uh, have enough money for groceries and so the stimulus check Mm-hmm. was supposed to support people right. so that they could get some of the things that they needed. And you are asking them, mm-hmm. demanding even, that they should take that money and invest it into your bullshit scheme. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. do not talk to me. Right. I, will, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So it's like, I think that's yeah. that's the other thing that, you know. I forgot about that. And like you, t- you uh, talking about it, literally, it really brought me back. Like, it was very... Like, I got goosebumps because I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, that really did happen. And, you know, we've we've so much has happened in these last two years. I feel like sometimes I forget to, like, look back and really see it. But, yeah, that was so gross. Like, this money was supposed to be life, like, life-saving. Like, literally just to say, like, to get some groceries, you know, for people. And in that, like, we talked about this last episode, when your brain is in a sense of, fear and your brain is it threatened it shuts down the portions of your brain that think critically executive functioning yep that Mm -hmm. make informed decisions and all of that and you end up making decisions you wouldn't normally make because you're afraid um and so you're trying to survive i don't blame people for that of course no and so that but the the what i blame is like the the company and again like the company is behind this the VPs, the executives, they're filtering all this information. They're doing these trainings. They're pushing to their downline. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I like bumped the microphone and thought I'm like, I'm like looking oh, at her and I'm like, meltdown right now. <laughs> I was like, oh no, did that create noise? So if you hear a bump, I just really 
I just rammed my glasses into the microphone. So anyway, <laughs> listen, I'm the one who is the most like bouncy and distracted. Like out of like I'm constantly trying not to squeak oh, my chair. Gosh. And look, here you are bouncing your glasses against the microphone. Anyway, wow. I'm trying so- to silence me. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, I'm creating a platform with you so that you oh, are you not so sil- much. <laughs> thank you so much, Elena, for for giving me this platform. We're so grateful. All right. <laughs> Get back to your point. <laughs> no, listen. Like I, I probably would never do this without you. So uh, thank you. Anyway, welcome. I don't even know what I was talking about. My ADHD just like literally, it, it's gone now. So. <laughs> Um, Elena, pump the mic, everybody. Um, and that's it. The I'm podcast sorry. is over. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, I guess it could be, but no. What were we talking about? Ah, <sighs> oh, uh, this just. I ruined it. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> I I know it was COVID. I know it was like the pandemic and just like the the stimulus check. I think that's where we were. Um, the stimulus check really. It was a really devastating time for a lot of people and it caused a lot of insecurities and fears. And like, that's just one of many examples of MLM people marketing off of that. And, oh, that's what I was saying. Like it's, it's less the individual and the corporation that's really at fault here. And I want to make that really clear too, is like, we're not, you know, I don't want to like target any one individual because like when you're in a cult, like you're like you're a victim in a lot of ways as well and like you know it's unlearning and it's being accountable but also like putting the bulk of the responsibility where it's due and it's these companies who enforce and like uplift these messages Mm -hmm. as much as they're like we never said to do that shut up yeah we don't (laughs) okay um but but you like even if you never said to do that you create and perpetuate the culture Mm -hmm. because you're the ceos and you're the vps so it's like don't come at me it's that insidious don't say that yeah like manipulation Mm -hmm. and then okay so here is what i really want to talk about okay celebrities lay it down oh gosh elena i know elena not even celebrities bachelor nation (laughs) (laughs) literally how many how many women from bachelor nation have ended up joining mlms i don't even watch the bachelor or the bachelorette anymore like i haven't in a few years but i used to kind of be in that world anyway i interrupted you but a lot of them do become like mlm people seriously and it's like that is just a huge facet of this because like we're talking about like the just the individual person that has like a small small social media following and they invest their stimulus check and they end up investing all of this money and they're just trying to with 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 mlms or like network marketing is another way to call it like it is your network you are trying to um basically take the resources from the community around you to help fill your business you're calling your mom you're calling your friends you're calling your your you know partner um your cousins whatever and you're getting them to join so that you can make money and so like that's why people end up going into a lot of debt is because like i'm not only investing in my company i'm making my spouse invest and now it's my spouse's money is my money now we're investing double and like neither one of us is we're, we're kind of in the same market. Our friends are our friends, right? Our families, are family. Um, but then we have celebrities. We have reality. I'm not even gonna call them celebrities. We're reality TV sometimes stars. It is ce- sometimes it is celebrities. Yeah. yeah, that is very true. Um, but it's like people who already have these vast amount of fans 
and followings and they just have a huge network. They do not need to invest anything to like solicit their community and they do that. And this is a huge like it really grinds my gears <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's disgusting. It's like they become these like upline people because like if my favorite celebrity is doing an MLM and I have the chance to meet them and all I have to do is invest like $500 in this company, what am I going to do? I'm going to do it. It's like meet and greet essentially. It's like, so I'm going through and I'm trying to meet them and thinking I'm going to have this great personal relationship with this reality TV or, or celebrity that I normally would never, they would never read my DM. No. You know, so now I can pay for this attention but that's how they rope you in. And then they become like that facilitator of like, well, you, now you need to work this business and all of that. And so I really think like as much as I'm like, we have to blame the company. I also put a lot of blame on these celebrities who know exactly what they're doing. Um, they have a whole team of people who, who could tell them this is wrong. Mm-hmm. So they know what they're doing. The accountability needs to fall on them. And I think it's really awful what they do to people and they, they, manipulate and exploit exploit is a you know the word i really feel strongly about the people who are just interested in what they've done or like want to be a fan yeah absolutely and there's actually a couple of like distinctions i want to um bring up around this topic so there's kind of like the um reality tv type celebrities who end up becoming distributors themselves um, and say so they are like kind of directly involved. Um, there are also like more famous celebrities who aren't a distributor, but they'll do like an advertisement or an endorsement. Mm-hmm. Um, so you actually see this with Herbalife and mm-hmm. soccer players um, where they kind of just serve as like a face for the company. So like there's that version also. Um, and then, yeah, I definitely believe that some of these other celebrities are kind of more reality stars get involved because like they have a platform they have thousands of millions and millions of followers potentially mm-hmm. um and <laughs> i don't know if she still does it but i remember black china mm-hmm. joined monate and it's like if you join under her are you like i'm sure she has assistants or whoever mm-hmm. who are actually handling that like are you really going to talk to her or see her like I don't think so. But if you really love her and like but you, you, wouldn't, you want the right. chance, like That's what I'm saying. people are going to invest in that. Yeah, exactly. So it's like the reality is you probably would have nothing to do with her. Mm-hmm. But it's like for somebody who's like, I don't know, really likes her as a fan, whatever, like they could get like, oh my gosh, wow, this is a way I can kind of like be involved like with her and her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this makes me think about something that MLMers say all the time, which is like you don't need a big following to be successful again and all these team calls even on instagram they're like i started out with 400 followers like when i started my business and like i've been able to grow and you know here i am now and it's like okay but as rebecca has said you know you're gonna run out of friends and family Mm -hmm. and there's gonna be friends and family who don't want to be involved and who aren't gonna join and aren't gonna buy anyway so it's like you have to expand and that's when you get the dm from like from random people who like bullied you yeah and they're like oh my gosh you're gorgeous yeah like hi have you been we haven't talked in so long or like or completely random people like not even somebody that you maybe knew in the past right like that's happened to me um and i'm like 
how did you even get here? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, how did you even find my page? And so I think honestly with celebrities and especially some of these reality stars, like, you know, they're not A-list celebrities, but like they have enough of a following. Like oh, yeah. if you're on The Bachelor, you could have over a million followers mm-hmm. easily on Instagram. And so it's like, boom, mm-hmm. there's people who are already following you, liking you, trusting you, interested in you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do that legwork to build a following because like you have one. Yeah. And like those people don't care about company like they, to them. It's an, it's like a stream of income. It's a stream. It's like another yeah. way for them to make money and exploit their um exploit their popularity for the for as however long it lasts right um and it's just like the it's this it's the individuals that get hurt it's the people who and you know just want a better life and deserve a better life like and i think you know if we really want to get real here like the issue is even bigger than this it's the fact that people are struggling so much in a post-pandemic world that can't get the proper resources to just survive and that's a bigger problem it's a societal issue um that needs to be fixed and needs to be worked on um and changed and that's why these mlms are allowed to thrive because they exploit the fact that our society doesn't have respect for their individuals who are living in it Um, doesn't really care for people right so then like they see that and they're like oh i can make money off of that too Mm. they fill a kind of void i mean they Mm. fill a void in a very like harmful toxic way but like they're able to fill it right in this way because of that and actually like really quickly the last thing i would want to say about the celebrities is that the flip side of that is that when a celebrity joins every single distributor is talking about it they use that as a marketing tactic like oh my god like so and so from the bachelor just started the biz like smart women know what they're doing like they all post about it so then that becomes something that they market to like their followers or people that they know that this celebrity or this reality star joined. Mm-hmm. So there's also the flip of that. But anyways, kind of back to what you were saying. Um, yeah. The, I mean, this really does speak to like a, a larger issue of mm-hmm. how people are able to survive and, and get their needs met. Uh, I mean, in the world, but you know, we're in America. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of this is really focused on America. Um, and, and again, that's why like, I don't, blame people for joining Mm -hmm. you know um I I do start to blame the top leaders Mm -hmm. I do because it's like (laughs) of course I don't know for sure but I just like really don't buy that you don't know what you're doing if you're at the top and you're the one who's the top income earner and you're like making millions you know because there are a few people who do Mm -hmm. um but even those people will like you know I I follow a one woman on YouTube who has like really kind of created a following after she left um, an MLM and she was one of the top distributors and yeah. she did end up leaving and she talks about it. And now she kind of has a, um, a YouTube channel dedicated to really like interviewing people who have been in it. And it's really, really interesting. Um, and I will link her YouTube in the, in the show notes for people to check out. But you know, she talks about how even though she was so successful, really a lot of even her success was fabricated. And even though she was making a lot of money, it was all again invested back into mm-hmm. this company. Yeah. Um. So like she didn't walk away with like billions of dollars. She didn't walk away with millions of dollars. Like she's, you know, she walked like she had money, but like all of that financial like 
I guess, success, ended up going back into the company and well they tell you to do that yeah to reinvest Mm -hmm. yeah and like eventually like it doesn't you know you're not even if you're paying off your homes even if you're paying off your car like you're trying to get a nicer car a bigger home and like you're always living out of your means and so um you know it just it's just really I mean I could honestly talk for probably 10 more years about this like we didn't even talk about the fact that there's a whole section of this where now people are like MLM network marketer trainers they're coaches they're They're, coaches for the coaches they coach people who are in MLMs and tell them like how how to to be how to be (laughs) yeah how to manipulate or like how to be successful right like in the mlm and that's a whole other industry yeah outside of like they're not sponsored by no they're not they're not distributed sometimes they're both i have seen that where like a coach is just a distributor for an mlm and they also mm -hmm. kind of do this like coaching for mlmers um like outside of that so i mean people start to double up yeah um and you know as we're kind of wrapping all of this together um, I think it would be important to talk um, a little bit about the impact mm-hmm. um, on people's mental health. And and yes. I feel like we have woven this throughout, you know, yeah. this episode and how it impacts people. Um, but, you know, specifically what I would say related to this is you'll hear MLMers say, like, we don't prey on vulnerable women. Like, these women are strong. They're not vulnerable. And, like... I hate the connection between strength Mm -hmm. and like, uh, well, weakness and vulnerability, Mm -hmm. I guess that they're trying to say like, no, these women are strong because they're doing this and they're trying to help their family and whatever. And it's like, somebody can be vulnerable and that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean they're a weak person. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean they're stupid. It doesn't mean that like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean anything negative. It's just to say like, if somebody just lost their job of course they would be vulnerable Mm -hmm. to something like this like because they're maybe panicking and they're Mm -hmm. maybe really freaked out and they may be in um you know that hyper vigilant scary mode right like they're very activated and so yeah they might be more susceptible to get involved in something like this and and that does kind of tie back a little bit to the first point about how they, you know, capitalize on people's pain and trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that's really, that gets to me. Um, vulnerability is not a negative thing. And, and they combat that point as if vulnerability is if we're being mean for calling people vulnerable. And it's just like, I am vulnerable, like, all the time exactly, <laughs> and yes. at different times in my life and it's like it doesn't say anything about me as a person like life is really hard mm-hmm. and people are trying to survive and so like it's your fucking fault for capitalizing on it it's not that person's fault for being vulnerable exactly and like you know I think it's really important like what you said like I I've had times where I was extremely vulnerable just because of like situational stuff around me um, that didn't stop me from being very smart. I was still very smart. I was still, you know, I, I struggle. I don't like the word strong. Like, I feel like that's sometimes like a, it can be like a buzzword. Like, you're so strong. And it's like, I was very, I persevered, I think, mm-hmm. like is a good word. Um, But like, yeah, it was definitely, definitely times in my life where like, I just wanted community and I felt so alone. And that's really where I feel like a lot of this stems from is like when you're depressed, when you're struggling with mental illness, 
a lot of times it feels very lonely. It feels like nobody understands you. It feels like no one could possibly understand how hard it is for you. And that's true. Like your experience, you know, is really tough and scary. Um, but it's that loneliness that's preyed upon. It's like, well, if you join us, you won't be alone anymore. And a lot of times. Come like, join this sisterhood. Mm-hmm. I hate. Look. Mm-hmm. Don't say tribe. Don't no. say sisterhood. Mm-mm. I know y'all are going to keep doing it, but like, I wish you would stop. Just stop. <laughs> Please stop. Like, it's just like. And, you know, it's it's not your fault if like that has like you've become susceptible to that. There's plenty of times where I've had friendships and relationships where I just was so desperate and lonely and sad Um and they seem like a really great option. Like they seem like, you know, they were going to help me through all of that. And until I got my own therapy and learned how to create that safety for myself and that stability for myself, like I was incredibly vulnerable to people who manipulate. Um, and like, I don't think that is a weakness. I think all of us have the capacity to be vulnerable at times. All of us. Have yeah, the, of course. You know, who have those things happen. Um and it really is the people who are like looking for that they're seeking those people they're seeking new moms being a new mom is probably the most vulnerable that you can be mentally Mm -hmm. physiologically emotionally caring Mm -hmm. for a new child why do you think so much of this work is emphasized on focusing on new moms Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right a lot of it is a lot and and also just like transition why do you think it boomed during the pandemic vulnerability people were scared and vulnerable and whenever a company profits off of that and and tries to exploit that that's a problem yeah you know absolutely so and also because i can like kind of hear it now (laughs) maybe someone being like well you're a therapist like you work with vulnerable people and they pay you listen (laughs) listen i am not out here manipulating or convincing or spinning stories to get people to come to me as a client. Mm-hmm. I have my website. I have my Instagram for marketing purposes. Mm-hmm. And I say, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. These are my credentials. This is my training. I am going to be upfront and honest with people. And if they would like to work with me, mm-hmm. all right. Let's and we don't promise anything. No, we don't promise anything. I can't anything. promise your depression will be gone no, being a therapist. never, like, never. We are very upfront about this process and the risks that is called informed consent informed consent you know what you're getting into you can yeah. stop at any time and there are no repercussions mm-hmm. like yes we're not asking you to sell anything no for us we're not there's like, no financial like you pay for a service so like there is an exchange of money mm-hmm. but it's like i if someone wants to stop seeing me i'll say okay Great. sure like i i'm here if you ever have a question or like yeah. would like to come back or whatever um it's just literally not the same no there's no way that it is and like don't even say that to me (laughs) I just like I can just imagine it I can just hear it now we can do a whole like I I just feel like there's so much to to the idea and like maybe we'll talk about this in another podcast of like how therapists are often like the lowest on like the list of who deserve financial compensation or who deserve 
to be treated, you know, like any, but like you would go to your doctor and you pay your doctor to do an exam. Like you're, you're paying for a service. You're paying for something and you're, you're paying (laughs) like to be a part of an organization and you're not getting anything out of it. They're not helping you with your mental health. They're exploiting your mental health. Like as a therapist, my job is to provide tools, provide resources, and you pay me for that. And I need to survive. So like, you know, until like our system is so evolved that they can pay therapists a livable wage and that doesn't that impact doesn't have to fall onto clients. That's the that's like how we exist right now. But it's not in a way to like manipulate or I'm not trying to be like you're like trying to push people into depression so that they come to therapy Mm-mm. you know like yeah. my goal is always to get people out of therapy I'm trying to work myself out of a job all right yeah like, it's totally <laughs> different it's so, totally different and like you know I don't think we need to spend any more time like with that because again like we talked about this earlier if this conversation has triggered something in you has created a strong emotion has um cause some type of disturbance in any way uh, I truly would like to encourage you to just kind of sit with that for a moment if you you know if you have constructive feedback on how we can be more informed and have legitimate information gathering resources please send them yeah you're allowed to disagree I I don't have a problem Mm -hmm. if like you say something and you disagree Mm -hmm. really the thing that we're not going to tolerate um, would just be like, you know, abusive language yeah. or, you know, but I mean, again, like you can be upset, like we can handle that. We can handle mm-hmm. if people disagree and if they're upset, um, you know, it just, if it gets into that territory of like harmful language that that's the line there, but yeah, yeah I mean, boundaries are important. Yeah. So I, that's, yeah, I mean, I think I we've said that so many times. I know um, it's just hard not to reiterate it. It is. <laughs> Like, I think that it's important to continue those conversations because I don't ever want to create a space where someone is like, oh, I feel like I can't tell you, you know, that this this information or you were speaking at a very privileged place and like you have to check that and like inviting you in. I like the idea of like inviting in um, or just not like just saying like it's not my responsibility to educate anyone. I'm like, I don't expect anyone to educate me. Um, but like in a way that is productive and constructive and that can you know help us to grow as people I think is our point here um but I think like we're saying this so much because it's just such a trigger point for people it's like either you love MLMs and you're you know in the process of deconstructing a cult or you hate them and you've deconstructed the cult yeah Um, and I'm gonna draw that line firmly in the sand (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, but okay. So is there anything else that you wanted to say about this topic? No, I mean, I really feel like we covered some of the biggest points and like, as you know, Rebecca has said, I mean, we could really, um, get into so many facets of this, but I do feel like we've covered some of the biggest things. And Um, I'm sure it'll come up in other episodes, like we'll reference stuff because it's all interconnected. Yeah, it is. Um, so I think we're good to go and thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you.